Hello and welcome to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. I'm Tegan Buckley from Mallee Sustainable Farming. In this episode included in our Mallee Santa Gold series, I caught up with Dr. Rick Llewellyn from the CSIRO to chat economics of deep ripping. Rick's a senior principal research scientist specialising in ag systems and a research group leader based at the Wake Campus in Adelaide. Rick's also been an MSF director since 2006. G'day Rick and welcome back. Thank you. In this episode, we're chatting about the economics of deep ripping. We're seeing so many farmers jump into deep ripping over the last few years. Rick, why do you think we're seeing this trend? Yeah, it is really interesting how rapidly farmers have uh, started deep ripping in the last few years. Because at, at the start of this work we've been doing, about three or four years ago, we went around to about 50 different farmers around various low rainfall, medium rainfall regions, and there wasn't a lot of enthusiasm for deep ripping. They'd had bad experience. They had, uh, hadn't tried it for a long time. A lot had tried it a long time ago, hadn't returned to it. So it's really interesting to think about why we're seeing such a, a surge in uh, deep ripping. And the more you think about it, the more sort of obvious I think the, the factors are. I mean, first of all, we're seeing a lot more cropping. And, and with that, we've also seen a lot more compaction over the last uh, few years. So there's, good, there's evidence that there is a considerable compaction out there that farmers have to deal with. Uh, but the other, the other big thing that we're seeing, of course, is much bigger and better machinery. It's making it much uh, easier to do uh, ripping cost-effectively and, and quickly, and particularly important uh, deeply to an adequate depth to get that uh, effect. Uh, the other, I guess the other important shift in cropping has also contributed to this uh, rise in deep ripping, and that's the importance of uh, stored soil water. We're seeing much better fallows, crops that are much better and with a lot more yield potential that demand a lot more water. So the chance to, to get into some of that deeper water by overcoming compaction, uh, you're seeing the, the rewards of that. But uh, one, one of the other big factors that we saw from farmers and, and their concerns, it still is a concern and that's erosion, but uh, the big shift to no-till since that early ripping experience, I think is one of the, the other big factors that's letting people have a bit more confidence that they can perform deep ripping on these uh, low rainfall sandy soils. So, Rick, your work's been focusing on the economics of deep ripping. What have you found out so far? Well, we're very lucky in this project because we've got, uh, it's approaching 30 separate trials being conducted across New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia, across various regions, including Air Peninsula. So there's a, a big database coming together. We've still only got uh, a handful that have really reached that three-year mark, which is probably what you need to uh, truly evaluate the uh, effect of ripping and the benefits over multiple seasons. But we are certainly picking up some very strong and reliable uh, economic responses. So we're looking at the, the ripping um, and a whole range of other treatments as well. And from what we can see, we can see why farmers are gaining confidence with this practice because the, the returns have been generally very impressive. You're looking at a practice that most farmers would quote as costing you know, 60 to $100 per hectare. Sometimes you might hear quotes of less depending on how you manage the, the labour costs in your budgeting and also the uh, ability to spread the capital investment cost across area, large areas and, and time, not number of years. But we're seeing uh, very good returns on uh, investment, sometimes you know, cost-benefit ratios or benefit-cost ratios of three to one. Uh, you know, two and three hundred dollar uh, benefits per hectare when you're targeting the, the areas of the paddock that really do benefit from from ripping. So the the returns are looking good. 
that's not to say there aren't exceptions, though. I mean, we've certainly seen exceptions where there are other important constraints in, in some of our, our trial areas. You've got uh, areas where acidity, for example, is a, an issue, and in situations like that, you're not likely to see the see the benefits. And you've also got areas that just don't suffer from the same level of compaction. And uh, I guess another exception to this generally reliable uh, return on investment for ripping has been uh, a couple of examples on the very marginal cropping regions um, in the last two dry seasons where, where the rainfall was so dry that even though there were small benefits in the first year, uh, because there wasn't the rainfall to, to top things up, you're seeing uh, a small decline in yield in the, in the second year. So there, there can be uh, seasonal exceptions as well, but generally the, uh, the economics are looking very positive and that's why you're seeing so many farmers gaining, gaining confidence and, and getting, getting stuck into it. Yeah, so let's just touch on return on investment a little bit more. How does ripping compare with other soil amelioration practices? And also, how do you know which will give us the best return on investment? Well, one thing uh, we really are focusing on is, is sandy soils, and that's where you do see a lot of compaction. So if that is your uh, primary constraint, and often it is a, a major constraint, and, and particularly if you know what the depth is and how deep you need to go to overcome that, then... Uh, then the return on investment does look good and you can get ripping done, like I said, for those costs that I mentioned, for a, a reasonable cost. And once you start looking at some of the other soil amelioration practices, such as the inclusion of uh, deep-placed organic matter and things like that, you're really getting into another, another cost bracket that, that can become quite expensive quite quickly. Sometimes people are lucky to have a cheap or even free local source, but that uh, can really increase the uh, the cost required and the level of yield you need to uh, recoup those costs. So, so where we've looked at those practices, um, that's certainly the jury's still out on the economics around those because you have got a lot of seasonal uh, factors that come into play as well, which uh, can limit how quickly you can get returns on those more costly practices. And it's important to keep in mind that the biggest limitation in our Mallee farming systems is always rainfall. So there is a, a cap to how much yield you can gain. Uh, so it's certainly the, the lower cost uh, practice of ripping is, uh, I guess it's been the most obvious um, in terms of economic response and reliability of response so far. Mm, yeah, definitely. So is there anything that farmers can do to optimise their investment in deep ripping or soil amelioration in general on farm? Well, there's several things farmers are already doing. They're getting very uh, efficient at um, applying ripping. I mean, a common question that we do come across is, uh, you know, where do we stop? A lot of our trial work is limited in the sense that it's focusing on just a, a small area of a paddock, and it, often they are those areas where you are most likely to see a return, those sandy soils with known compaction. So the question, and that's becoming clearly profitable in those areas. But then the issue is how much further can you go down the down the dune, for example, and still gain that profit? So we're trying to look at uh, cheaper ways to determine the, the depth of compaction and, uh, and farmers are getting good at identifying that where the returns might, might stop and, and start. And there are a few other uh, interesting things we're looking at in terms of ensuring um, reliable um, establishment in the years after ripping as well because that becomes particularly important because that first year gain of you know on average or the a typical first year gain that we're seeing in Mali cropping is around half a ton of wheat for example uh, response uh, so you do need good establishment and that, that will be your biggest gain so you do need to make sure you get establishment right in that 
in that first year. And in these dry years with a lot of uh, erosion risk, like we've seen in the last couple of seasons, there certainly have been a few risks associated with that. So it's important to get that ground cover management right as well. Yeah, absolutely. Before we wrap up this episode, one more question for you, Rick. Uh, I know that this is on a lot of farmers' minds and we're commonly asked this at all of our field days and updates. How long do the benefits of ripping last for? Well, a a common response to that is at least three years on on sandy soils. And there's some evidence you might expect less on heavier soils, not that we're really uh, referring to ripping on heavy soils here in our our project. So some of our trials are at the three-year stage now. and, And like I mentioned, you might get the typical half a tonne benefit in year one with the right season and we're seeing benefits in years two and three of a a total of around an extra 0.3 tonnes per hectare with with some variation depending on some of the very dry seasons that we've had. So there is evidence that it's it's ongoing. We've had some sites where you're seeing evidence through to a fourth year, um, not a lot really through to a a fifth but we haven't had a lot of sites go through to that that long yet. Uh, So big part of that, I think, is how the paddock's managed after ripping. So, you know, where you're seeing better crop performance, better fertility, if it's fertilised well, you're, you're likely to see um, sort of better ongoing performance generally, but also controlled traffic. So if you're avoiding recompaction, uh, that'll extend the life as well. So th- there's a few key questions that we're still working on there, though, um, and that is, you know, how do you extend longevity beyond controlled traffic? That's not for everyone. And um, also the, the fertility that it might also extend performance. But also the big question is, yeah, at what point might re-ripping be worth doing, doing it again? And we're not really at the point yet. So there's still plenty more interesting uh, questions to, to look into. Uh, thank you, Rick, so much for jumping on board the MSF podcast and for your wealth of knowledge that you've shared in this episode. No worries at all. Thanks for the opportunity. And a quick shout out to our partners uh, and the people that are working with us on the deep ripping projects across SA and Victoria, uh, GRDC, SAGET, NLP, Frontier Farming Systems, the University of SA, and of course, the team from CSIRO. Thank you all for your support and for helping us deliver these deep ripping projects for our Mallee farmers. Don't forget to share this episode with a mate if you took some value away from it and be sure to subscribe, rate and review our podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.